You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, welcome back to the DNB Supply Show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Well, we have got a fascinating episode for you today. So, it's getting to be that time of year, and I'm sure that you are familiar with walking around a DNB Supply somewhere or any other store where you see day-old chicks or small chicks in there for purchase for people to take home and raise as broilers, raise as layers. And if you've ever wondered about that business, boy, do we have some information for you today. It is a fascinating business, the business of day-old chicks and poultry production. And how in the world does that happen? How do all those chicks arrive out in places like Idaho, Oregon, from the Midwest or from wherever they're being hatched? And how do they get them here? How does that all work? So we're going to be interviewing Steve Wagner, who's coming to us from Welp Hatcheries in Iowa today. And he's talking to us all about that. How does that get done? What are the logistics of it? How do they deal with the health, the warmth, the turnaround, the shipping, the packaging, all of that of these live chicks coming through the mail Uh, either to our houses or to our farm and ranch retailers. And what does that entail? It's a really fascinating business and really interesting how it works. And I think you're going to really enjoy hearing all about how this business works and how we get those chicks into the store and there for you. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, good. I'm looking forward to speaking with you and finding out all about how the one-day-old poultry business works. It's actually pretty fascinating that uh, that it works this way. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's jump in. I'm ready. Well, Steve, let's uh, give us a brief introduction on who you are, just a little bit about you and your life and, and where you live, and then we'll kind of talk more about who you work for and all of that. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm Steve Wagner, and I'm general manager here at Well Patchery in Bancroft, Iowa. My wife and I, uh, permanent home is in Eugene, Oregon. I am working here in Bancroft, and uh, I'm one of those crazy ones that commute coast to coast, it seems, and I fly back and forth. But I'm here through the week and home on some weekends. We've been married about 42 years. I've been in the industry for 37-plus years, three children, and what else would you like to know? Well, uh, you just opened a can of worms. That's really interesting. How in the world <laughs> do you end up working in Iowa from Eugene, Oregon? How does that happen? Well, uh, I was called a couple of years ago by uh, international poultry breeders, and they had come across my name, and they were getting ready to uh, do some expansion, and they asked if I would join their team. And so uh, I talked it over with the family, and I left Eugene and came to the Midwest to uh, join this company, and it's uh, been happy ever since. So you, you'll fly to Iowa, spend a week working there, and then you get to go home for how long? Well, I'll go home for a long weekend, but I only do that about every couple months. Got it. Okay. I stay here during, you know, for two months, go home for a long weekend, and come back. So I'm really here permanently. Well, Steve, what is your job there at Well Patrys? Well, as general manager of retail sales, I'm tasked to uh, move the day-old baby chick business here forward, working with local backyard people across the U.S., uh, wholesalers and and, uh, 
farm stores throughout the U.S. that we supply. So, Got it. Well, you know, it's it's a really fascinating business the way this works. I wanted to ask you, how many chicks are hatched at the whelp hatchery in a year? Well, we hatch uh, anywhere from about five to six million day-old chicks a year. That's really interesting. And is there a demand for that many backyard chickens in the United States, or are those going other places as well? It's amazing. They're, these are backyard customers in quantities of 25 to 50, 100 chicks. And to the small processor, there's a lot of folks that uh, a lot of small chains of groceries possibly that uh, don't deal with the big boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, they might contract with a local producer for uh, five or 6,000 or four or five hundred a week and we fit that niche yeah that's really interesting and uh certainly in the in the small farm and ranch type of world that is emerging right now there's a a real popular method of raising chickens uh people using uh pastured poultry and things like that and and Uh those birds have to come from somewhere and i bet a lot of them come from you and a lot come from us yeah okay it's amazing i didn't realize how big this segment of the industry was very interesting now when it comes to people purchasing birds from you and having you ship them is there a minimum order to make it worth whelps time to be able to ship those day old chicks to them well as that demand has has increased in the past we've done quantities of 50 and 100 up but in today's world we're doing quantities of of uh 10 to uh, 25 as well with a little added surcharge but Mm -hmm. uh, we'll go down to the small numbers if the customer wants to uh, handle the processing. Now how many incubators do you actually have to have to keep this pace up? Well for what we do we need to have uh, 10 to 20 incubators operating throughout the week. So So 10 to 20 and how many how many eggs can go in each one of those? Oh it gets. Uh, (laughs) I'd have to do some figuring on that, but we would set to our needs for any particular week. Uh, It's more than enough that would cover what our demand is. So obviously, not to make a bad joke, but uh, this egg hatching has to start with a chicken somewhere. Did we just get the answer to the eternal question, the chicken or the egg? Because obviously, (laughs) you've got to have chickens laying eggs in order for you to hatch these out, right? Yes, I, you know, and, and you, you've, you've got to have daddy to uh, make them fertile. That's right. You, that's right. So, yeah. So where are all these fertilized eggs being laid? The Cornish breeders we maintain in uh, Georgia and Arkansas, and we ship those eggs in on a weekly basis. Okay. And then we, uh, we also have uh, distribution throughout the U.S., Okay, so you've got you've got eggs coming in from all over the U.S. So, how long can a fertilized egg remain viable uh, if it's if it's hatched? Oh, or- you know, if it's handled properly, it's amazing. Uh, having been in this for the number of years that I have been, if you would handle the egg properly, and uh, you could save a hatch egg up to twenty days and still be able to hatch it. Now, if it was six days old it might hatch at 90 percent and at 20 days it might hatch at 60 but you adjust your your uh, needs to the age of the egg that you're setting 
so when you're when you're giving out those numbers, if you've got a, a 20 day old batch of eggs, what you're saying is 60 percent of those will hatch. Yes, as a general rule, we don't uh, go to that uh, that length. You had asked how long can you do it, and I know of doing it 20 days, but normally our eggs are in the oh five to 10 day age by the time we set. All right. Well, Steve, let's do this. I want to take a quick commercial break, and I think I have about a million more questions for you when we come back, okay? <laughs> okay. At D&B Supply, we know that what's inside counts. That's why we dish out Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Grower Feed. Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Feed has an exclusive blend of nutrients to support a chick's immune system and overall health, even preventing coccidiosis. Raise healthy chicks with Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Feed. Available now at your favorite D&B. Know when they say good fences make good neighbors? When you've got Bayland Country gates and panels to really fence your livestock in. Also, when you let your neighbor in on the great deals you can find on Bayland Country at D&B. Made from steel and designed for stamina, Bayland Country gates and panels are tested to match up to robust ranch life. So instead of mending all those fences, round up a whole new one with Balin Country at D&B Supply. Well, Steve, I want to I want to ask you more questions about this. So obviously, this time of year, a lot of people wherever they are in the country and in the people that shop at our stores at D&B Supply stores, they're starting to see chicks show up in the stores. Now, those chicks, obviously, uh, at least at DNB, they've been hatched at uh, whelp hatcheries, and then they've been shipped out here to Idaho and Oregon, and and wound up in the stores for the kids to come look at and people to buy and take mm-hmm. home. Now, how long have these baby chicks been hatched before they actually get shipped out to somewhere like uh, Idaho or Oregon? Well, you'd be amazed at what a day at whelp hatchery uh, entails. We start hatching about 5 o'clock in the morning on a hatch day for DB Supply, and uh, by 8 o'clock we've processed their orders, and those chicks are packaged, postage applied, and the truck is on the way to the post office that very morning. So those chicks are hatched, vaccinated, processed, and to the store within just days. Wow. So when the order's going out, the chicks that are shipped, they're actually hatched that morning and then packaged yes, and sent off later that morning. Yes, sir. Yes. That is amazing. Now, when you say they're vaccinated, so how in the world do you vaccinate them? Well, uh, not all customers require it, but uh, those that do, we've got uh, machines that will actually uh, vaccinate the chicks. There's different types of vaccinations. Some are injected into the day-old chick and some are sprayed right over the chip box. So it depends on what the particular customer's needs are to what service we would provide. That is amazing. And is this all automated, or does this take just a, a giant pile of personnel to, to get all this done? <laughs> well, the, the giant pile of people is to package okay. uh, and put the, count these chicks, separate them, count them, and put them in the boxes, apply postage, and... Uh, that's probably where most of the people are. We are able to automate uh, the hatch comes off and uh, we would uh, separate the shells from the chicks and be able to sex them if required and then spray them. Spraying is pretty much automated. 
the spray is applied to the whole box of chicks as it passes through the to, through the line. So, speaking of packaging, when when does this part of your business really ramp up? Like, when do the farm and ranch stores around the country really start wanting chicks and wanting to start have them out there for sale for their customers? Yesterday, <laughs> literally. I mean, it is. We'll bring in five to six office staff to answer phones it gets that crazy at this time of year and we'll bring them in the first of january and by the first of february mid-february we're they're trained and ready to answer the customers questions as they call in and so now through june is pretty much the spring hatch so we're still having some pretty cold temperatures uh, here in idaho and Mm -hmm. oregon so when it comes to packaging the chicks, how does that get done so they make it to their end location, they stay warm, they stay alive, and they're viable for uh, their end customers? Well, one of the things that we do is try to track the weather as much as possible. And if we see that uh, weather is going to be a problem in Idaho, for example, or here getting them from the hatchery to the post office, one, we can add a small heat pack to the chicks box Mm -hmm. and the way they're packaged in groups of 25 within a box they generate quite a bit of heat it's surprising uh they'll stay together huddle up and and stay warm and then with the added heat pack uh they do quite well do you use the the postal service mostly or do you use private carriers to to get these chicks delivered i would say that about 95 percent 95 percent is through the postal service very it's nice. not uncommon to go down to uh, Des Moines or something, and, and you might see uh, 200 boxes sitting there ready to be shipped out of Des Moines or Minneapolis Airport. <laughs> it's uh, surprising what goes out of a hatchery. So the postal workers in those areas, they've got some specialized expertise, I would think, in terms of dealing with this all the time. Yeah, we, we do a lot of communicating with them. We uh, we email them on a daily basis of how many chicks to expect so that they know on their end the number of people that they have to have to process. They a lot of times want to know where they're going so that they can pre-sort in their mind what they might need. So yeah, it's it's a big deal to uh, communicate with the post office. Now, uh, I tell you what, let's take another commercial break. When we come back, I've got I've to ask you more about these logistics. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> okay. D&B knows that life in the West is defined by hard work, innovation, and constant improvement. These values made the West what it is today, and these are the values that have made Wrangler the defining Western brand since 1947. Wrangler Apparel is designed to feel good in the saddle, look sharp at the rodeo, and work hard on the ranch. That's why Wrangler fits with classic Western heritage like a boot in a stirrup. For clothing that's a good value and steeped in Western values, stock up on Wrangler at your favorite D&B supply. When you think about pet food, what comes to mind isn't normally something deserving of your best friend. But at D&B, you'll find a line of pet food that's so real, you can serve it on a plate. Earthborn Holistic Pet Food. Earthborn Holistics cater to your pet's primal needs, blending a variety of nature's finest proteins with other whole food ingredients for a kibble they'll love to nibble and will keep them healthy and happy, too. Earthborn Holistic Dog and Cat Food, available at your favorite D&B supply. All right, Steve. So if an individual is ordering from you and these chicks are going directly to their house, to their small farm, whatever it may be, 
does that individual person, they need to make sure they're there when the delivery arrives? I mean, if the post office shows up and they just leave it on their front porch, are the chicks in jeopardy? Well, I would say that 99% of the time the customer has a relationship. They've done this before. They've had a relationship with their post office. And we, we deliver to the post office, uh, the local post office. And the, that customer has made arrangements with the postmaster, the local postmaster, to be able to say, I'm expecting one box or 20 boxes of day-old chicks. Mm-hmm. And um, depending on that postmaster and what the office might look like, they might ask them to be present at the post office. Or I know cases where a postmaster, even out of the route, would run chicks out to a customer just to, as a special service in, in treating the the live birds. So there's a bit of logistics on the on the receiving end to set up, but obviously uh-huh. the, the post office has worked with people really well to make this happen. Yeah, they've been great. We have very little, very little loss from that standpoint. Now, if somebody's doing this for the first time and they're receiving chicks through the mail, what do they need to have ready to go at their place when the chicks arrive? How does that need to be set up for the chicks? Well, I think one of the first the important things is is water. Having a fresh supply of water. Those birds have been on an airline um, truck or some mode of postal service, and uh, you want to get them on water to reestablish their fluids. The second thing uh, is to have heat. Uh, those birds require. It's just like uh, a nursery in a hospital. Those those babies are pretty fragile, and you want to have heat be able to provide 90 to 95 degrees either through heaters or heat lamps or light bulbs or something to be able to keep those chicks warm. Bedding would be something that you should consider. Uh, shavings or something to be able to uh, keep those chicks comfortable while they're uh, being placed. Feed, fresh feed uh, is another another item that you want to have them on a good starter ration that you could pick up at your local db supply now well hatcheries uh you have multiple i was looking on the website there's multiple different breeds of chicken that are offered mm-hmm. can you talk about those and and what do you offer there well we offer we offer everything from uh, uh the cornish to layers guineas turkeys you know whatever that person desires we will handle for them and be able to source it so that that customer is happy. And I read on there that Welp specializes in Cornish rock broilers. So why that particular breed? What is it about that breed that causes you to want to specialize there? Well, it's the breed that uh, is associated with meat production. It's a breed that uh, genetically those lines have been selected for, for meat, whether it be breast or mostly breast meat. And when you think of a, a chicken, you think of your breast breast meat being the primary uh, selection criteria. Mm-hmm. So those that particular line has been uh, maintained by the large breeding companies. And, and it's just the perfect bird for for what these folks want to have in their backyard to process. Got it. And so when we say Cornish cross, are we actually talking about Cornish rock broilers, or is that something different? We're probably splitting hairs on some of it, but it's on a cross you might have a, and it gets very technical in the genetic side of it, but you might put a Ross male on a 
cob female or something that you know something like that to get just a little bit different mix but most of the breeding companies would be selling you know a hybrid line of broiler well let's take another commercial break when we come back i want to i want to talk about some of the different varieties and things that people can get from whelp okay okay your puppy needs the very best to grow up big and strong that's why D&B stocks Science Diet puppy food for standard and large breed pups. Science Diet's got all the nutrition essential to keeping their little tails wagging and their teeth sharp while supporting their immune systems and controlling growth. And with the highest purity and quality standards, Science Diet gives you nothing but the good stuff. Choose Science Diet Puppy Blend for maximum puppy licks. Available at your favorite D&B supply. Know what boots work as hard as you do? Georgia Boots, available to try on for size at D&B Supply. If you're on your feet all day, Georgia Boots knows the feeling. That's why they've designed exclusive comfort systems that cushion and support down to the bottom of your soles. While on the surface, they shield you from tough conditions with one of the most durable leathers out there. See why they earned the nickname of America's Hardest Working Boots and pick up a pair of Georgia Boots at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Steve. Well, I wanted to ask you, so you mentioned turkeys, you mentioned guineas and things like that. So there's a variety of things you do there at Whelp. Now, are all the chickens that you sell just for meat production or do you sell some to be layers as well? Oh, we have the meat production birds. We have layers, multiple types of layers. If you're looking, if you want to get into the small production of egg laying for your neighbors or for a uh, However big you want to get, we we can provide white eggs, brown eggs, colored eggs, whatever your wishes are. We've got a bird that will meet that need. You mentioned sexing the chickens earlier. So if somebody wants to order layers from you, can they have them sexed so they make sure they only receive hens? Yes. Obviously, the pullets or the females are the ones that are laying the eggs. And so you, you're really selling the female. But it, some might want to have baby chicks on their farm in their backyard or or you know around their little ranchette and so they would may have a need for a couple males and so we we would be able to uh, if they wished provide a male but layers are typically sold as female and males on demand and when you are shipping the layers are you shipping those as day old chicks as well yes just Exactly the same. Hatch that morning, shipped out that very day. Same with the turkeys or or any of the any of the lines are shipped the uh, same day as hatch. Okay. And now, when somebody does want to purchase layers from you, are there certain breeds that you recommend? Well, I I would say that if you're looking looking for a uh, a good egg layer, the red sex link. If you're looking for brown brown egg, a red red sex link, or a Rhode Island red, a barred rock or are good brown egg layers. For white eggs, uh, you can't beat a white leghorn, which, you know, most of the commercial operations would be running white leghorns for their operations. A California white might be another strain that uh, would be desirable for white egg production. And if you do order layers and they show up as day-old chicks, then at what age should you start expecting to get eggs from them? That's where the difference really comes in. A layer to get into the production of layers, uh, it's a long-term commitment because you've uh, a day-old chick to 18 weeks 
matures and you should be expecting at 18 to 20 weeks of age your first egg. So it's a, it's a lot longer process than in the meat birds. Got it. So it's going to take some time before you're seeing, a, I guess, a, right. a return on that investment. Yes. However, you, those, you, you can keep those layers out to 70 weeks, 65 to 70 weeks of age. Uh, so you can get your return back uh, over that period of time. Now, let's talk about dual purpose. So if, if somebody wants to raise chickens and they want egg layers, they want good egg layers, but they also want meat production, is there a, is there a good dual purpose breed out there? Yes, I, it, those lines have been maintained. Uh, I would, If you're looking for a good dual purpose, a white rock or a barred rock, uh, Rhode Island red, or even a New Hampshire red would be some of the dual purpose. The, genetically, layers are designed for egg production, not for meat. Meat birds are designed for breast, and they don't work together, and that's why the major breeding companies have separated those two mm-hmm. selections. But those particular birds are good dual purpose. They're large birds that do have some meat on them at the end of their their lay cycle. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take our final commercial break, and then when we come back, uh, I want to ask you about some of the other types of of birds and and fowl that you raise there at well patrick okay greatness comes from the inside out especially when it comes down to what you feed your animals that's why dnb supply carries purina mills purina mills feeds greatness with balanced nutrition that makes a difference your stock can feel and you can see it makes them healthy strong and greater than ever purina mills serves up the good stuff for all shapes and sizes from horse to cattle goats to pigs even for the birds so for all creatures great and small Pick up Purina Mills at your favorite D&B. This is Bill's yard, and Bill's a grill master, not a grass expert. Still, he won't let weeds invade his backyard barbecue kingdom. And with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed, Bill can clear out weeds, green up his lawn, and hold his spatula high. Because Scott's Weed Grip formula is twice as effective on dandelions as it used to be. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up Scott's Weed and Feed today. Well, Steve, I wanted to ask you about other types of birds that Whelp Hatchery hatches and sells. Uh, what else do you distribute there? Well, we, we sell a full line of bantams, which are the smaller egg birds or, or uh, fancies. You know, if, if you're looking for something that just have your yard in your yard to uh, talk about with your neighbors, it's kind of fun to have some of those fancies around. We sell uh, turkeys, guineas, geese, ducks, anything with a feather just about, you can find it well. <laughs> so why do people select some of these other types of birds? So, for example, the guineas. When, when people want to get guineas for you, what are the reasons they want to raise those? It's a specialized market. Let's let's say that, and so it, it's you're either in the meat production and you're looking at the Cornish lines, or you're in the layer production and looking at some of those majors. And the rest are you know you're developing specialty markets to maybe yield a little higher price or something. And now, when it comes to meat production, if somebody wants to raise turkeys for one set of customers, but also chickens for another, or even for themselves. Uh-huh. Can you raise these birds all together? Well, it, it wouldn't be the best uh, to raise, say, turkeys and chickens together because 
there are diseases that uh, turkeys would be more susceptible to than layers and and vice versa something that the layer might be be able to pass on to turkeys and that's why even throughout the the US and commercial operations you'll see areas that you know might be high in turkey but you don't find a lot of layer or vice versa you know I can you raise them yes my daughter and son adults now uh, have ducks and have chickens and they've raised them together and they've done well so it's not that you can't but if you're if you're going to get into the business and you're going to process eggs or process meat you're, you're just opening yourself up to some exposures that may catch you not that they will but the potential's there for some problems now as i was going through your website one of the information resources i saw that was so interesting was your predator identification page so why do you put that up for your customers well predators are, are a big part of this new and not so new uh business i mean if you're going to have birds in production and out on pasture, you're going to expose those birds to predators that you need to know uh, something about. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's why commercial folks began moving birds to the inside was to protect from predators. And as as an animal agricultural industry, we need to be responsible for our animals, whether they're waterfowl or any other from predators yeah absolutely so people can come to your site and they can they can kind of figure out based on where they live or what they're seeing or what they're raising what predators Mm -hmm. they need to be concerned with yes and and predators can spread disease those uh, coyotes and possums and and raccoons in your yard can carry disease to your poultry and you want to be able to protect your poultry and keep them healthy and away from them. So, yes, you you have to know what your predators uh, in your area are. Yeah, very good point. Well, I, I've really enjoyed this, Steve. It's a fascinating business, and I've always kind of known that you ship day-old chicks around the country, but I've never really known how it works. So thank you for sharing that with us today. And if anybody out there would like to know more about Welp or what you do there, what would be the best way for them to find out? Well, the best way is to go on our website. We just launched it last week and we're upgrading it on a daily basis. But uh, uh, you can go to Welp Hatchery, www.welphatchery, uh, and you can get on the website. You can uh, order your particular needs. There's descriptions and availabilities on there. You can call our 800 number. We've got an 800 number, uh, 800-458-4473. And we've got operators standing by to receive orders and answer any questions. Great. Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us and educating us all a little bit about the day-old chicken business. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Well, everyone, as we mentioned on the radio side of the show, we've got a bonus interview for you here on the DNB Supply Show podcast. So right now we're going to be talking with Kunal Sampat all about his backyard chicken business and kind of his story and his journey and how he developed this and what he does to use a combination of both Airbnb as well as raising backyard chickens to create a very interesting business. I hope you enjoy it. Kanal, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. 
You bet. It's a pleasure to speak with you again. And, and you and I have talked before and, uh, and done interviews about what you're doing in the world of backyard chickens. But as we decided to do an episode here on the DNB Supply Show about chickens and backyard chickens, I was like, I need to have Kunal on and, and tell your story. You've got a great story, and then you've come up with a really unique way to make money with backyard chickens. So I, I wanted to talk about that and kind of open everybody's eyes up to a to a new concept. So if, if it's okay with you, what I'd like to do is ask you if you could tell us your story. Tell us about where you grew up and how you found yourself in the United States. Sure. So I actually grew up in the city of Mumbai in India, and I think that you and I so did a little calculation. I think we have, what, 20 million people in Mumbai. And, uh, you know, my life was uh, in the middle of a concrete jungle till I turned 17. And uh, then my parents pushed me out of the house and they're like, you need to get a higher education somewhere outside India. So um, I was basically shipped by myself to the United States um, and uh, started college, uh, graduated from college in Massachusetts. And then, uh, you know, I somehow along the way, I've always been interested in, in the farming side of things. Specifically, I started like composting when I was back in Mumbai. Uh, that was kind of my introduction to nature, you may, you may say. And then, uh, you know, moving to the U.S. And then I just did some activities, uh, you know, while I was in college. Uh, and then uh, moved to California. We got our first house in basically in Silicon Valley, which is where I have a day job right now. And, uh, you know, I wanted to always live a farm life, uh, life on the farm. Uh, I had a manager who was from Nashville, Tennessee, and I was hooked when he told me about his backyard chickens. And, and then we decided to get a flock of our own. It's kind of unheard of having, you know, a big flock, especially in a city like San Jose, people don't have a lot of space. And uh, we started with 16 chick, baby chicks when, when we got our first flock. And, uh, you know, we, slowly we, we decided how to make this interesting for people and for ourselves. So we started to have like free farm tours on Sundays and we had people come over. You know, my wife is from Rhode Island School of Design. So we were at a Rhode Island School of Design event uh, at the Airbnb headquarters in San Francisco. The founder of Airbnb is actually a, a Rhode Island School of Design uh, graduate. And uh, we come home and we're like, why don't we advertise uh, our spare room as, as a Silicon Valley farm? So that's kind of a unique angle that we decided to take. So we basically, uh, you know, have been advertising our spare room on Airbnb. And actually last year we made uh, close to $19,000 just from one single bedroom that we have. People are really excited and thrilled to know that, you know, they're going to find some chickens in the middle of the city. Uh, but my message here is, you know, irrespective of whether you live in the city or no, I think if anybody just tries to apply this concept, you could really make a lot of, I, I mean, it's not about making money necessarily, but that will just help you do whatever you are passionate about. And mm -hmm. it's just an extra stream of uh, income that you could have by advertising, you know, your, your space. Um, you know, people, people are into ecotourism and it's just getting more and more experiential for people. So I, I think that's a, a great way to, you know, get others involved in the farming world. Absolutely. You know, it's it's funny. So you live in San Jose right now. And San Jose, that's, right. that's a city of over a million people. But you come from Mumbai. So really, you live in a small town compared to what you're used to. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. it's really funny to think of. Well, 
You know, on our show here on the DNB Supply Show, we like to talk about uh, the people that have passion for what we call the Western lifestyle, and and for us that can mean a lot of things. That can mean getting outdoors and hiking. That can mean you know going and exploring public lands out here in the West. But it also means agriculture and farming and and things like that. And what I love about your story is that uh, where you grew up, I mean, you were not exposed to farming at all, but somehow you got the bug and you did what you could do right there in the heart of a city with 20 million people. And then when you got over to the U.S., you still live in a big city, a city of a million plus, but you found a way to start raising chickens in your backyard. And then you found a way to make that a self-supporting and not just a self-supporting endeavor, but an endeavor that's actually making you money because you combined what you're doing with chickens with Airbnb and you took advantage of the fact that people are coming into San Jose and they'd like exposure to something different and you can offer it to them. I think it's a brilliant idea. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, as we had talked, uh, I started, uh, we started an online course uh, also on raising chickens. So if people are trying to figure out where to start, uh, we our website is raising-chickens.com. So people can learn more if, if they wanted to about the, the backyard chicken world. If you're exploring that path. Raising-chickens.com. Very cool. Okay, so for anybody out there who is at the stage you used to be at where they're they're just getting going or they think they'd like to try it out, you've actually set something up to kind of walk them step-by-step through the process. Exactly, exactly. So we have about 30-plus videos and PDF resources, uh, high-quality stuff just to you know, make it easy for people to, to get started. Now, in there, did you talk at all about incorporating Airbnb in combination with what you're doing with the chickens? That's a great question. I don't believe we have. No, not in the course. So this is absolutely bonus material for the this audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we have not talked about that in the course. So you've actually you've actually developed your backyard chicken passion into an agritourism business there in the middle of the city. Am I phrasing that correctly? I think that would be an accurate statement. Yeah, it's excellent. I mean, a lot of people raise backyard chickens for for the eggs and just for having the animals around. And, and, and you certainly get all of that as well, but you found a way to turn it into a business. And it's a fascinating story. I think, Kunal, I mean, you've got a really fascinating story coming all the way from India and then kind of uh, falling in love with agriculture and what we do out here in the Western part of the United States. And and all over, and you're making it happen no matter what. And I just kind of wanted to expose everybody to that and demonstrate the passion and, and let everybody know just how lucky we are to live where we do and have the ability to, to go out and do these things, which you've been working to be able to do your whole life. Pretty much for any of your listeners who live in, in big cities, uh, there's ordinances, uh, which is the city code, and uh, there's a small animal permit section that you want to check out and you, you know, chickens fall under the small animal permit uh, part of the, the, the code and all cities will usually allow at least three to six chickens. So it's definitely worth taking a look at it. Well, that is great. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this little piece of your life with us today. And I understand that you're getting on a plane tomorrow and you're actually flying back to India for a wedding. That's right. That's right. Yeah. How much time are you going to spend traveling until you get to your ultimate destination? It's going to be 24 hours, <laughs> door to door. <laughs> That's a big trip. Uh, yeah, but but I'll say I have been, I put a seat in my parents' uh, head to see if they wanted to get chicken. 
<laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to go. I, I, so we'll see. Awesome. Well, have a very safe trip. Thank you for coming on and sharing this with us today. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Thank you all for joining us today. And here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.